are tuned in to the Bridal Extravaganza podcast. For over 35 years, we've helped engaged couples in Southeast Texas plan their dream weddings. You can learn from the millions of couples who've come before you. On this podcast, we'll introduce you to the wedding and event professionals who can make your dreams come true. Wedding and event planning can be easy and fun. Stay tuned. Well, good afternoon, Bridal Extravaganza fans and guests. I've got Haley Hanley with me from Water to Wine. Welcome. Hi there. How are you today? We are good. Thank you for joining us. You are a wedding planner, and our first question to you is, tell us the history. How did you get started? Yeah, so I began my business um, in 2017. I had spent the previous three years um, as a regional director for a group of wedding venues, um, but I'd been really just immersed in the hospitality and wedding industry since I was a young teenager, way too young to be working in a catering kitchen, but it's my cousin's business, so <laughs> we won't tell. <laughs> whatever we won't whatever tell. the family just tells you to do. Um, but I've spent the last decade or so um, working for caterers, florists, other planners, like I said, venues, um, until I started my business um, about three, three years and change ago. Awesome. And the name, Water to Wine, what is the origin mm -hmm. of the name? Yeah, so water to wine um, is biblical. That is its origin. Um, it comes from, um, I'm going to mess that up. That's going to be really bad. Um, the origin of water to wine comes from John 2 in the Bible where Jesus performed his first miracle, turning water into wine. Um, and it was at a wedding. So I thought that was a good way to kind of show my religious roots without being too, you know, overtly religious for some clients. <laughs> Well, you know, what's uh, funny is I assumed that's what it was, mm -hmm. but then I've learned in this world never to assume because maybe it you wasn't or maybe, know. you know. Exactly. And it's one of those phrases that you either, you either know what it originates from or you don't. And people sometimes will use it just, you know, you turned water into wine, you know, took something small and just made it amazing. So. Right. Or plentiful or when, exactly. when there, there wasn't an answer, you found an answer. Mm -hmm. I mean, think about which that. Is, which is so easily relatable to being a planner. So. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Okay. So take me back a few years ago before you actually started the business, when you were thinking about it, what were your dreams? What were your aspirations? What, what did you set out in this world to do? Yeah. So when I first started my company, um, I would say it's, it was almost more of a wish list than a true set of goals of kind of what it started as. Um, after I you know started my company, it was you know, I wonder if I could just work with this venue or this photographer, or this florist, I would just, I'd be there and I would, I, I'd, I'd make it, I, you know, I'd be right where I want to be. Um, but I kind of realized pretty soon after that, in order to do those things, in order to shift from kind of an economy service of, you know, day of coordination where most players begin, um, into more of a premium market, I really needed to focus on educating myself, um, and start thinking more about who I wanted to serve and the what, what I wanted my clients to benefit the most by working with me. Um, so I kind of started working backwards from there. Um, and my goals became more about the client experience and the services that I could offer them. Um, so that really turned into me diving in headfirst to continuing education. Um, and so those, that wish list eventually just kind of became the natural result of the work put, put into it <laughs> rather than, nice. you know, just here's some dollar signs I, I want to hit. Um, just kind of figured out who I was serving um, in order to, to achieve those goals and, and the kind of came from there. 
did it take a while to really figure out who you were serving? Like at the beginning, did you think you were serving everyone? And then how did you hone in? Um, it took a little bit of time. Um, even whenever I first started my company, I, and there's you know, no offense to anybody who wants to do day of coordination, but for me, it, it never felt like that was quite enough. Um, I started out doing a few things that I called day of coordination where I, you know, would meet once or twice before and then kind of jump in on the day of, and I hated it. Um, I just, I hated not knowing the couple and being a part of their experience and, you know, being able to relate to them well enough to, to take away, you know, any stress that occurred on their wedding day. Um, so pretty soon after I realized that I wanted to be, um, more full service. Sorry, I'm, I'm shoving away a cat right now. <laughs> Please go we in. love cats. But yeah, so it took a little bit of time. Um, but once I really honed in um, on the client I wanted to serve and figuring out, you know, I, I really enjoy working with, you know, young professionals. I work with a lot of lawyers, doctors, or, you know, um, grad students, people who really just don't have time, um, but they still want a wedding that they are really going to enjoy and their families are going to have a good time. So it took me a while to figure out that client, but I, I don't, I, I like doing more work. Okay. <laughs> hey. Naturally. <laughs> <laughs> and so what is the mission of, of Water to Wine? So um, our mission is to, and I'm, I'm going to kind of read a little bit of this basically verbatim for our website. Um, our mission is to help couples discover the details that are important to them, facilitate an organized and collaborative planning process, and produce beautifully curated events. We want to, our clients to enjoy their season of engagement and celebrate a marriage more beautiful than their wedding. Wow, that's beautiful. I mean, I know mission statements take a long time to write, so you should read it often. That's beautiful. I love it. Thank you. Have you had an aha moment while running this company? An aha moment. Um, I'd say a big aha moment has been that in order to actually be in this industry um, as a business owner, you have to be prepared to be the CEO of your business. Um, there's so much more that goes into it than being, I mean, being a wedding planner is, is difficult enough as a, you know, on its own. Being a florist is difficult, a DJ, anything, is, nothing is easy, um, but it comes to a whole other level when you realize that there's those, you know, CEO level tasks that you have to take care of. And if you are not in a position, you know, when I first started, I was not in a position to outsource any of the nitty gritty things that I just despise doing. So it was really a, an, oh, I, I have to, um, you know, be my own accountant and CPA and social media manager and, you know, marketing designer and all that kind of stuff. Um, so that was kind of my aha is that I, I had to dive into that side of the education as well and not just the how to plan a wedding and make things pretty side. <laughs> right, right. And so can you give us any tips on like what's working for you right now? Maybe apps you love or how you stay organized? Absolutely. Um, I don't use a ton of, um, of apps um, outside of Google Drive, but Google Drive is my, my bread and butter. Um, I do use a client management software for client facing things. Um, I give my clients you know, their own kind of little area to plan and, you know, to keep them organized. But for myself, I just keep myself organized with spreadsheets and Google Docs and QuickBooks. Um, somewhat, you know, the basics, but I love it. I've tried Trello and um, things like that, and those are all great, but I, I love me a spreadsheet, so. 
that works well for me. The old fashioned spreadsheet. So yeah. the old fashioned spreadsheet really, I guess, was a yellow pad, right? Before they, yes. before they, I mean, them. I do have my, my day planner here, my paper planner that's unfortunately gotten very little use this, this past few months. Oh. <laughs> yes. Yes. I mean, if you're going to allude to the pandemic, I'll just come out and ask you, um, how do you feel your industry specifically planning and maybe like even wider the whole wedding industry like what do you see going forward because we're interviewing you after um what four months four months of mm -hmm. pandemic where where do you yeah. see it heading so i mean there's been obviously quite a bit of a, a hold on um on some planning for couples but they're kind of slowly coming back and realizing it's you know safe to start you know planning and dreaming again um, but as far as the industry goes, I think a lot of us are shifting to, um, well, I should say, first of all, micro weddings, you know, intimate celebrations were already on the rise to an extent. Um, but I think that couples now, especially more mature couples, um, some of the older millennials are shifting to realize that even if, you know, if their budget is the same, they can really shift to having a more elevated wedding and really great experience with a smaller guest list. Um, you know, so much of what what clients want now anyway is to remember their wedding and to remember you know the people who are there and so those small guest lists aren't necessarily the most horrible thing if you're planning if you're starting your planning now of course if you're having to cut back your wedding planning your guests you know due to covid that that really stinks um but i think we're going to see a big upturn in those intimate weddings so what would you say is the mindset um do you feel like maybe in the past girls were pressured to invite everybody from work or everybody from mom's work or, you know, it was just sort of expected and that now it's maybe been a reset on the expectation of the invitation or? I think so. Um, I think it's a huge mindset shift that we're still kind of going through. Um, I mean, myself personally, I was married five years ago and I could look back at my, my guest book and have, and have no idea, no memory of them even being there. Um, there's so many people you know, you grew up with and you just feel like you should invite them because you're supposed to or because your older sibling invited them to their wedding. Um, and although there's a certain level of tradition um, or etiquette that goes along with, with things like that, um, a lot of that is out the window now. And not to be that people are, are not polite and you know are not holding to certain etiquettes, but um, again, they want it to be more meaningful and to, you know, to invest their money um, where it's, where it's really important to them, those people who are still gonna be around in five, 10, 15 years. You know, um, years ago, I heard David Tutera speak and, and he, he did not have a planned speech. It was just Q and A. And someone said, how do I choose who my bridesmaids are? And he gave an answer that I had never heard before, but he said, do not look backwards, look forward. And who do you feel like is going to be with you as a couple and like supporting you and there for you and that's who you choose and it doesn't have to be your sorority sisters and you know you've been out of college 10 years and I thought that was mm -hmm. really kind of profound. Absolutely, that's exactly what I tell my couples. If you don't feel like they're gonna be with you for the long run, then you know, invite them, but you know, don't we be worried about them standing up there with you. It's, it's nice for a moment, but you wanna look back on those on those images and you know if you if you decide to have kids and you have kids one day you want to look back and have them know oh like you know that's that was your best friend from high school and i know them now you don't want to have to you know explain that long lost person who you haven't spoken to in 25 years and do you jump into that like do you help people choose 
who they're going to ask? Like, do you get that detailed into the planning? I will offer that guidance if they ask for it. Um, I do have some little kind of helpful hints and, and cheat sheets and things like that, some blog posts I'm working on that will help them, you know, decide who to invite, who to be in your wedding party, um, and things like that. But that's not something I, I offer outright because it's so personal. It's right. So personal. Interesting. Interesting. I've had couples who have one person on either side and I have had couples who had a wedding party of 19 and <laughs> they just loved every single one of those people with all of their hearts. Um, and so it just really depends on the person. Wow. I mean, I, I mean, you know, my gut would be, I think we should cut back slightly, you know, yeah. <laughs> oh, well. if it works, it works. How about um, the planning and the coordinating? How do you stay on top of the trends in your market? Yeah. So, so much of the trends, I mean, obviously keeping on track of, you know, the wedding blogs and things like that um, online, but reaching beyond that, it's really important to stay on top of even, um, you know, fashion design, what's current, architecture, um, interior design, so much of what's going on that's just wedding, um, wedding adjacent um, is what's important. Couples now want things to be very unique to them um, and personalized. And so that goes into, um, you know, how do they decorate at home? Where would they buy furniture if they had, you know, just an unlimited budget? Um, what are their, what are activities do they love to do? So Keeping, keeping my hands on the pulse of those kind of, like I said, wedding design adjacent um, areas. You know, culture is key. And I would love to say that I just was hip with all the new you know, music. And, and I would say you're hip. I'll give yeah. it to you. You're hip. But, I mean, like, don't ask me to get on TikTok. It's just not, <laughs> not going to happen. <laughs> so I can't go too far for, for that inspiration. But... <laughs> Um, so are, are there any tips that you have for like every bride or something you wish every bride knew before they were coming to work with you? Um, something I wish every bride knew before they came to work with me. Sit down with your partner um, and decide between the two of you what's important. And that's not to mean that you have to know, you know, that you want to spend more, you know, on photography or flowers on things like that, but know what's important, whether it's visual things or the experience you have and decide together as a couple um, before you allow those outside voices in, because whether they're other, you know, family members or anybody else who's helping pay for things or not, at the end of the day, it's still about the experience that you want to have and how you're starting out your marriage. Um, of course, if somebody is contributing, you take that with a smile. <laughs> um, and if, uh, you know, I, I don't believe in that, you know, it's all about me mentality. It's my wedding mentality. Um, but really just making sure that you're starting your marriage and your engagement as a team and you're, you're prepared to do that. Good, good tip. Good tip. And let me ask you, are, I would think most of your engaged couples are millennials. Mm -hmm. um, do you have any tips for working with millennials? Absolutely. I mean, millennials are excellent to work with. Um, a lot of millennials have, you know, I'm on the, the young to mid spectrum of that millennial market. Um, you know, and we grew up in very collaborative environments. Um, you know, classrooms even have changed in the last 30 years, you know, for younger students, not necessarily high schoolers, but younger students, it's not just rows of, of desks anymore. You know, it's, there's a flow and there's a very, like I said, very team environment. Um, so they're excellent to work with whenever you're especially a planner um, and you need that collaboration. I mean, I can plan you and you can give me your colors and I can, I can plan a wedding, but I want to know you um, and millennials are really great about 
about sharing things um, like that. Um, they do not like to be sold to in the you know maybe traditional sense of wait there's more. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know they they want to have a you know a professional experience, but they definitely value transparency. Trans transparency. Um, you know you don't have to give away your secret sauce right out the bat. You know you don't have to list every single facet of what you offer or what you charge on your website. Um, but millennials appreciate um, knowing a baseline. They don't like to waste their time. So if they don't even have a starting price or range or can't get some gist of you know what you're charging, um, they're probably they may just not call you. Um, now that's sometimes different if you're a very very luxury market. That's not usually the case. Um, but then they typically will have a planner <laughs> who's who's kind of doing that due diligence for them. Um, but most of that mid market. Um, they, they want to have some indication that they can even afford you or not because they don't want to waste their time. Um, we've grown up with technology. Um, you know, it, it wasn't something that, you know, the Gen Z right now, they were born into it and we kind of grew up with it. So we've seen how it, how it's um, evolved. Um, and we know that we can find the answer to things pretty quickly. So being quick to respond um, and just not, not wasting their time is really, Key. Cool. Those are really good tips. Thank you. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And how about social media? What is your favorite social media platform? How do you like to get your message out? So what is my favorite or what am I good at? Because what Both. am I good at would be none of them. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, I'm a real, I'm a millennial, but I'm a very, I'm not a very good millennial. Um, <laughs> I, I enjoy um, Instagram because I can, you know, be more visual and just put a few words out there. Um, when I really sit down and, and try to try to blog, I, I can enjoy it because I know what, what I want to say, but I don't love writing. Um, so Instagram is a great way to kind of um, give little snippets, you know, little mini blog posts. Um, and not so much of, of what that millennial um, group is on. I know a lot of Gen Z and some of the younger millennials are, you know, on TikTok and things like that. But um, I think Instagram is still where it's awesome. at for the time being. And then um, if someone is listening right now that maybe they, just like you, you know, they're running an event facility for someone else, but they're doing all the planning and they're like, I'm just time. I need to go out on my own. Mm -hmm. Like, what are the words of encouragement that you would give them? Like, what gave you the guts to finally do it? Yeah. I mean, if you are just kind of, you have some experience, you know what you want to do, but you're just kind of, you know, on the edge of your seat there, um, you know, this, the, the, logical advice would be, you know, make sure that you are financially prepared. But um, I can't say that I did that. I just kind of decided that I, I enjoy working and I feel like I work really hard. Um, but that I could do so much more if it was on my own terms. Um, and I was ready to give, you know, clients the experience that I knew they should have. Um, and I couldn't do that underneath someone else's thumb. And I think that's what a lot of people feel like. Um, so just be prepared to do those CEO level tasks. You know, you have to be prepared to, to run the back end of your business well, because your clients, um, will either benefit or suffer from it one way or the other. Um, continue, like I said, continue education in the wedding industry, um, and know that you can pull inspiration and, you know, resources from places outside of it as well. Um, you know, keep your thumb on the pulse of, you know, different podcasts and things like that in the industry is great. Um, to kind of give you some encouragement and remind you why you do things. Um, sometimes we get so 
into trying to do the hustle and bustle of our business and figuring it all out that we lose a little bit of that momentum of why we're doing it. Um, so podcasts and things like that are a really great resource to stay inspired. Um, and above all else, get yourself an ironclad, an ironclad contract that has been reviewed by a local lawyer. <laughs> Someone who, I mean, if you have a, a template for your contract that you've purchased, that's great, but still have it reviewed by somebody local um, to make sure you are, you are set for your, your own area. It sounds like you say something from experience there. I mean, I've, like I said, I've worked, I've worked for, for quite a few people in the industry and um, if you've been burned enough, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know, to, to save yourself before, before anything happens. Good, 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 good. Well, those are all awesome tips. Let me ask you this. Is there anything else about your company that you mm -hmm. want our listeners to know that I didn't ask? Um, anything else I'd like them to know? We, I mean, just like I said, we're water twine events. We do anything from full service planning design to wedding management. Um, and you can reach us online on social media at water twine events and water events.com. Awesome. Well, we thank you for your time. We enjoyed it a lot. We wish you continued success with this business. Thank you. And I know our, our listeners will really enjoy it. So thank you for joining us. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Are you an entrepreneur or small business owner who depends on the wedding industry to make a living? If so, you are invited to join over 350 regional companies at the Bridal Extravaganza Show in Houston, Texas. At our two-day live event, you'll meet face-to-face -face with engaged couples who are ready to book your product or service. Log on to BridalExtravaganza.com to learn more about our upcoming events.